Hello, and welcome back to the XP Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Alyssa. And today, we're going to discuss Undertale. Undertale. Um, why it became popular, what got such a huge drive in it, and like, just explain the game mechanics, endings, and everything about All it. All the characters, because they're very well done. Very well done characters, very, very well done story, just... It really brings home to the player of just everything that feels good. So to give some context, I suppose Undertale is a game that released in, I believe, 2015 uh, by Toby Fox. And it is a RPG. It's an RPG where you play as a child that has fallen, that uh, went into a cave under some mountain and whatnot. No, he fell down from the top of the mountain. He fell down, okay, he so he He climbed fell... the mountain and he fell into the underground, which is this world of monsters. And basically you play as this child who later on is named Frisk, um, going around uh, the underground, figuring out how to escape while meeting uh, these monsters that have been tra- trapped underground for centuries upon centuries that to the point where humanity has already forgotten about them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it starts out, uh, Frisk falls down, he hits a, uh, pile a fi- a flower of bed. flowers, a flower bed. And, you no know, getting up, he walks around, and he runs into Flowey, Flowey the flower. And Flowey is somewhat of a tutorial, there's a better one later, Yeah. where he kind of explains to you the, like, he he explains more of the RP, uh, RPG uh, in uh, interaction, like uh, the fighting scenes and whatnot uh, of normal RPGs. You got your actions, you got your fighting, you got your items. And, and I remember it's really funny. He's trying to get you to run into his quote unquote friendliness pellets. Yeah, they're basically bullets um, that damage you. <laughs> yeah. So before he can hurt you or kill you or anything like that, um, this goat monster <laughs> um basically like knocks him out of the way her name is uh toriel toriel which is a play on words for tutorial <laughs> yeah and she kind of takes you under her wing and kind of guides you through more of the play mechanics she, she basically becomes a mother a mothering figure like not even like right off the bat of sorts like she becomes just a this motherly figure that you just trust and mm-hmm. stuff like that she's very Oh, one of my favorite characters. She's so nice and kind and loving. Yeah, gives you, was it, uh, cinnamon butterscotch pie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No matter what option you choose, it's going to be like that cinnamon butterscotch pie. And so she kind of guides you through the ruins of the underground, and that's kind of her home. There's some puzzles, and it's a lot of fun. And then you get to her home, where she's like... She gives you cinnamon butt pie. (laughs) Don't. I'm sorry, cinnamon what? Because it bre- because in RPG style it abbreviates the name cinnamon butterscotch. So cinnamon don't butt say, pie. Don't say that without context. <laughs> okay, she does give you cinnamon butterscotch pie again, and there's a staircase, and you know, if you're curious, you're curious, you want to go down there, progress the game, and yeah. there's a door. And she doesn't want you going through it. Yeah. Because that leads to the rest of the underground. Yeah, it basically, it's... She kind of, it's like... It's that kind of, like, embodiment of leaving the... 
like beginning stages of any game you play there's like usually this stage where you have a tutorial it's kind of like the it's showing you what how to play the game showing you what is to come the word the funny puns and wordplay you'll encounter throughout the whole game which if it wasn't paired already by like naming and whatnot um and it also shows you like interactions between creatures and um how all your choices sort of have an effect as you go on throughout the whole game yeah, and you see that much later in the game, and depending on, like, different endings that you do. So, so you've, you reach Toriel at the door, and she's trying to stop you from going through, and you enter a boss battle with her, which, depending on whether or not you kill her or not, is it's, it's so it's, heartbreaking. It's very sad. So, either way, you get past her, you go through the door, either you kill her, or she lets you through eventually. Yeah. And you go through, and you are in the world of Snowden. Yeah. One thing I like about that fight, though, if you get to 1% health... She stops trying... She stops trying to hit you. Yeah, her, um... She uses fire, and her the fire literally goes around you. Yeah, it's it's a lovely mechanic to show... To add more personality to characters or whatnot. To give it more personality, too. There is a way that if you maneuver your little heart right... You can hurt um, yourself. You can... You can die... And like there's a split screen. There's a split second where you can see like her reaction. Yeah, it's so heartbreaking to see that. Yeah. So you go through the door. You're in the world of you're in the area, I should say, of Snowden, and you're walking down this forest. It's very snowy, and there's a figure on this bridge. And they ha- actually, you come up against. No, the bridge. he follows. Yeah, you. he follows you. A up figure to the bridge. follows you up to this bridge. Tells you to turn around and, and shake his hand, and what happens? <laughs> the old whoopee cushion in the yeah. hand trick. <laughs> if you if you couldn't tell, um, the character you meet is Sans the Skeleton, one of the most f- iconic and famous characters from this game. Yeah, he right ooh, along with Papyrus. A big, he's a big fan favorite. He's yeah. Um, his, he's mainly characterized on the surface as being like very very lazy and um like. He seems sort of like not like not dumb as in like Patrick Star dumb, but he kind of has this type of laziness where he, you can say he's like a Patrick Star type of laziness. He always trying to make jokes about everything. He tries to be a comedian about things. He tries to make everything seem kind of lighthearted, mm-hmm. but also he acts like a slacker. Like there's supposed to be a gate in front of the the bridge. It's he's supposed the, to guard it. Yeah, he's the it's the most laziest built gate. You can slip through it easily. <laughs> and uh, so so you're talking to Sans and you know and then his brother comes around and this is our oh boy. Another Co- fan favorite. Another fan favorite. Well they're all They're all fan, fan favorites, favorites, but their, the skeleton uh, bros are like really revered. Yeah, in their own way each character is like a favorite, but Papyrus is kind of I don't want to say he's he's like nice Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, not the brightest tool in the shed, and he is no. he is absolutely oh, okay. I don't want to say the word that I want to say. Um, he's not he's not dumb, but he's he doesn't he can't read the room. Yeah, he's kind of bad with like social cues and yeah. stuff like that, and he is absolutely determined. To, to capture a human. Yeah, and then he, he's more he's determined to get into the royal guard because he wants to become a royal guard with uh, another character, Undying. Um, but Papyrus basically 
one of it, one of the a few main attribute uh, famous attributes of him is he loves cooking, especially spaghetti. And he's very nice. He's very nice. Even even when he's trying to capture you and be mean, he's overly nice. Yeah. So you're going through Snowden, Papyrus, and Sans are kind of setting up puzzles and yeah. kind of wacky hijinks ensue. Papyrus is more of a. Um, uh, the kind of builds the better puzzles than Sans, but he kind of has that. He always has that weird little fault with. There's each a puzzle. little quirk to him that yeah. makes him fail. Yeah. And. Uh, no, no, you continue. So as you continue, you reach Snowden Town, where they both live, and there's a lot of cute characters you can kind of interact with. Yeah, and they don't seem to be really like, uh, depending on your actions. Like if you have been just going around playing the game, not hurting uh, anyone to the point of uh, eliminating them. Um, everyone seems very happy to meet you and doesn't really mind you being in Snowden. Mm. Love, uh, fam- love like characters that if you saw them and they were more, they're more like fleshed out in the game. They would, you definitely like really have them visually in your mind. But they're they're still visually like they're still really. Uh, presented, they're really fleshed out, even if they have like a few dialogue cues and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so, once you um, get through Snowden Town, you um, exit. There's a long pathway, and you run into Papyrus, just Papyrus. Yeah. And um, you enter another boss battle with him. You kind of see a pattern. You go through an area. Main character that you're interacting with, boss battle at boss the end. Battle, it's yeah. pretty um, cut and paste. So he's like, okay, this is it. This is it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna capture you, human. Yeah. And he doesn't. <laughs> he gets, um, he gets a little sidetracked on this thing. Um, one another mechanic of for this boss battle is the is the blue bone, which um, basically, if you see the color blue in this game, it's like a teal ish. You, you want to stay. You want to stay still because it doesn't damage you, but. And then one of the other famous... He was going to unleash this attack on you, like this... My my special attack. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next screen you see a dog has the bone. The dog It's just off. a bone. Yeah. So, it, uh, one thing that's interesting about Papyrus's boss battle is that if he... Um, if you take too much damage, he stops and he puts you in his garage. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. And so you're in this cage in the garage, and but the bars are too wide, <laughs> so you can just walk out. And he's like, you can return back to the battle. And if you um, keep doing that over and over, he just lets you go. <laughs> or, or just he's just like, uh, I'm getting tired. Can we can like we I'm just done? This? Don't you? Isn't there like a, um, a dating thing you have to do with them? If you flirt with him during the boss battle. There is an option that you can go on a date with Papyrus, yes. And it's it's he amazing. He wears the dorkiest clothes. He wears this kind of basketball-themed outfit with basketball shoulder uh, pl- uh, shoulder pads and a basketball jersey. It's so dorky-looking, but it's... So you, you can go through the date with him, and... It's not like a normal, like, you know, you go on a date and you kind of romance him. No, he's it's like... like a battle. He's like, he's like, notice anything about my outfit? Where's the spaghetti I've hidden? <laughs> and he's wearing this hat. It was and you don't, his hat. Yeah, it was like, you click the hat, and the hat just comes up, and there's just, like, clearly, clearly you weren't supposed to find it, but you kind of had to find it. Spaghetti under his hat. <laughs> so you, you deal with Papyrus... And you enter the, um, what is it called? The, un- or waterfall. Yeah, waterfall. Waterfall. Zone. 
where you also find a little more uh, more about the characters around you, lore, and if and also another thing we have uh, we haven't mentioned is throughout each level, there's hints and like there's not hints, but there's like well there there's hints and dialogue and stuff you can read about the next people you'll in, you'll encounter. Yeah, little like I foreshadowing yeah. essentially. There's like a little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Like there's this house you can't enter, and it's like the shape of a fish. There's another house that um, there's a character we haven't mentioned that came from the underground that you can't really. It's a ghost, Napster Block. Yeah. He li- there's a house that you can go into, and he lives there, and you can just have a small little interaction with them, listen to music, chill yeah, out. Yeah, it's really fun, and so and as you're going through underground or underground waterfall, waterfall. excuse me. Uh, there are these flowers that essentially repeat what they hear, and you can get a lot, you can kind of get more backstory of like how long these monsters have been underground because you hear a conversation between two people, or two monsters, excuse me, um, talking about how they look at the stones on the ceiling and pretend they're stars, but they wish they could see the real ones. Yeah. Which is sad. <laughs> it's, it's honestly very sad. And in the, um, and it, what makes it even more sadder is uh, learning, finding out about the character, the old turtle guy that lives in the waterfalls. Oh yeah, he's the been shopkeeper. There, yeah, he's been there uh, since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like the, he fought in that first yeah, war. Yeah, he fought in the first war, and didn't he say he was like a young spry kid during yeah. it? And now he's an old guy and selling random stuff. Yeah, and you know how long turtles live for, so that's kind of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> so as you go through Hotland, you have multiple interactions with Warfalls. this. Did I say underground again? You said uh, Hotlands, which is the next zone. Oh my god. Waterfall. As you go through Waterfall, you have multiple interactions with this guard. And throughout Waterfall, they're in just this guard costume. Yeah. And there's this little kid called Monster Kid. He doesn't have arms, but he's really cute. He helps you along. Yeah. And so once you reach the end of Waterfall... And, well, every time... And when you reach the end of the Waterfall, it kind of repeats the same scene. Every time the guard that you mentioned finds you and interacts with you, he, or he, she, we don't know the gender of it until we get there, um, they attack you with by throwing spears at you. Yeah, and they get they get pretty close every single time. He, they're a really good shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then once you reach the end of Waterfall, then you actually speak with this guard, and they kind of freak out at you. Yeah. Uh, and this is Undyne. This, she's a, more of like a fish monster. She's a fish person. Fish person. Fish person. And so she kind of starts yelling at you, essentially talking about how they need, if I remember correctly, it's seven? Seven human souls to... Break the barrier. Break the barrier so that monsters can be free, and you are the seventh human to come underground, so that's why everybody's after you. Yeah. So you go through your fight with her, and as you're entering Hotland, she starts you know, kind of drying up because she's a fish. So you can either pour water on her to help her out, or just leave her. She she doesn't uh, she doesn't you know like die from dehydration from this, but like she's a little salty from it. She leaves. She's kind of mad at you for it. Yeah. Uh, so as you you enter Hotland, and there's a lab. And you go, you go into the lab, and you run into Elfies, who's a little dinosaur scientist. Absol- she's the royal scientist. Yeah. And she has this project she's been working on. Uh, the project is named Metaton. Uh, Met- Metaton. Um, and it's a, 
robot who wants to become a show star. star. He wants to be like a. He wants to be in plays. He wants to be a game show host. He wants to. He wants to do everything to become a star and just get so many good ratings and just become yeah. so popular. So as you're going through Hotland, now you're having these interactions with Metaton as they're throwing you into these show situations yeah. and you're. Um, you don't fight them yet. You, you don't fight Metaton. He. He does these elaborate um, game shows where you have to, like, at first when you meet him, he does this game show where you have to guess the right answers, and they get trickier and trickier. And then they ask who Alfie's has a crush on, Yeah. and I think all the options were Undyne. Yeah. Which is so funny. (laughs) And she's like, no, no, please don't. Panicking. Yeah. What if there is a you that has never seen the light of day, has never gotten to say, hey, what about me? What if there is a you that you have never ever met, and certainly never permitted to just be without fear of judgment or condemnation? What if you live your life on the sidelines in constant fear of failing to please those who forever seem to stand in judgment of you and your life? What if you discovered that you had settled for what life has served up instead of what you really wanted and needed? What if you really think and feel things you have never allowed to come out and certainly never acted on? What if you left your stove on? What if you're allowing days to turn into weeks and weeks turn into months and months turn into years, all adding up? to a lifetime of being somewhat nameless, faceless world that has been assigned to you. What if you're my co-host getting called out by this book? Dang. Introducing the number one New York Times bestseller, Self Matters, Creating Your Life from the Inside Out, written by Dr. Phil. And then you reach the the MTT Resort, which is Metaton Resort. Yeah. And, you know, you have a nice dinner with Sans, who... Who who foreshadows a lot more of the plot about, like, um, fighting monsters and not, like, 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 if you're not being nice to them or you're fighting them or, like, whatnot. And, like, he talks about, like, the souls and whatnot. And he kind of foreshadows, like, um... You're gonna have like he, you'll have a bad time if you're doing like if you're, um, being mean and whatnot and like and, hurting his friends. Yeah. So he essentially threatens you, basically, into saying like, "Don't hurt anybody." Like, there's a reason I'm not hurting you. It's because he promised Toriel because they would talk through that door yeah. for a long time since he was in the area, and he promised her that like if a human came down here, I'm not gonna kill them. And he told us he's like, if I didn't promise to that old lady. You'd be dead where you stand. And it's like the creepiest thing yeah. from an RPG. Yeah, it, the thing is, though, this guy hasn't been dark or, like, mysterious or anything. Threatening He's, at all. Yeah, he was just being a jokester and being a slacker. And then this guy comes out with, like, this whole menacing facade that you're just like, oh, God, this is a oh. change in character. So you, as you're walking through the MTT resort, you enter what's called the core, which is the power source of everything in the underground. 
Um, basically, you go through it. Wait, don't you? Uh, anyway, you basically when you go through it, um, what happens? Like Alfie tries to help you out by trying to um, like uh, guide you. Guide you. He uh, she guides you through it and like turns off things, turns things back on. But Metaton kind of screwed with the map. Yeah. So Alfie's is really no help, and she kind of just hangs up on you. She's kind of she's really shy. Yeah. And so you kind of you're kind of going through blind. So once you finally get through the core, which is honestly difficult because the monsters there are a lot more powerful too. Oh yeah, no they uh, in RPG fashion the monsters get more and more difficult as you go through. Which, if you're playing um, to be nice to everything, it gets really difficult. It's kind of, it's difficult. Yeah. So, you reach the end of the core, and you reach this showroom, where Metaton confronts you again. And Alfie's calls and is like, hey, there's a thing I'm working on. It's going to give them a weak spot. Uh, she basically sa- says that... He has a weak point, and it's an on-off switch on his back. Get him to turn around. Yeah, and he, and basically you say there's a mirror behind. <laughs> Metaton turns around. You hit their button, and they turn into essentially. How do I describe? A fabulous being of mechanical engineering. They they take on a much more human-like form, a much more feminine-like form too. Yeah. And. They become much more powerful, but they still have oh, yeah. that weak spot, which is essentially their soul, which is, like, in their stomach. Yeah, or, like, it was, like, a belt buckle thing. Yeah, essentially, like, stomach area. Yeah. Um, and basically, to win this, if you're playing... Uh, if you're trying to play the pacifist route, uh, we'll get more into that. If you're playing to be the pacifist, you basically have to get ratings high, high enough, mm-hmm. and you also gotta make him essentially dance himself to pieces. Yeah, so like his limbs will start falling off eventually as the fight goes on. <laughs> yeah. So eventually like uh, he's like, oh my god, look at these ratings. Like, what have you, what are you doing? Yeah. And they, he's, he's very happy about it, but he's like, yeah. what? How are you doing this? And what he wants to do is he wants to leave the underground and he wants to start his own show on the surface. But then all but the monsters were like... Someone, he gets phone calls from all these monsters that he's impacted, and he decides against it. Yeah. He's like, my show rests down here where I'm the star amongst uh, everyone, something like that. Yeah, it's another wholesome moment. And then Alfie's comes out, and... Alfie's comes out, and you guys are kind of... Um, kind of helps to repair him so you didn't kill Metaton. He, yeah, no, he just fell his battery His battery was basically just running out. So you leave and you start going through the main castle area. You start to reach the, the big boss. Yeah. And Flowey starts popping up again. You remember that guy? <laughs> um, and he gives you a lot more background information. Essentially, after the monsters were put underground, a human, like you, fell and was taken in by the king and queen and their son. And the child and their son got very close, and one day the child died. And their son and this child fused their souls together, which makes a very, very powerful being. Yeah. Um, basically what happens was, um, what kind of set off the tragedy of, like, the monsters wanting to fight the humans was, 
the monster tried to show, like, tried to get give the kid, uh, the child back to the humans so they can perform, like, a burial ritual and grieving and whatnot. But the humans thought the monster killed the child, so... And they, they killed the... They killed the son. Yeah. And this kid's name is Azriel. Yeah. And it's it's a very sad moment. And basically what kind of happens is, is like, after that, uh, their son dying, basically the king uh, tries to bring back his son uh, via flowers and souls. Mm-hmm. And it sort of works? It kind of works. So as you reach the uh, main castle, you go through a house and it's very strikingly similar to Toriel's house. And there's a lot of flowers. There's a lot of flowers. There's flowers everywhere. Um, buttercups, specifically. And so you go downstairs, like you did at Toriel's place, and you come across a similar door. You come across what's... You come across the king, essentially. Yeah. And so the king... The king, king who, whose name is Asgore. Yep. Another goat monster. You're kind of starting to see the relation. Yeah. In a sense, Asgore was the king, Toriel was the queen, and then Asriel is their son. Yeah, who died. and uh, Toriel and Asgore kind of got a formal divorce, if anything. <laughs> um, and basically, they she had she didn't want to do anyth- want anything to do with him because he was kind of incompetent as a father and trying yeah. to, and then and started doing horrible experiments of sorts, and so. So you begin fighting Asgore, and in a sense, so at the beginning of the battle, you have a like a fight button, and you have a mercy button. He destroys that mercy button, so yeah. there's nothing you can do. You have to attack him. So you're attacking him, and once he gets down on low health, then somehow the mercy button repairs itself. Yeah. And you're given that option. It doesn't matter what you go through. Flowey comes in and takes the final shot. Yeah. Um, and another neat, neat mechanic about this battle is if you never eaten the butterscotch pie, he oh. smells it and he's, he goes easy on you. Yeah, so if you eat the butterscotch pie from Toriel during Asgore's fight, essentially he sees it and his defense goes down and I believe his hits go down too. Yeah, most of his stats goes down because he remembers Toriel and he- Gets really sad. He also acknowledges that you and Toriel have a connection of some mm-hmm. sort. Kind of like a, oh my God, you're still alive yeah. moment. So this is where we kind of branch off into the different endings of the game. And when we say that your choices matter- they, they heavily matter. Mm-hmm. So you can either fight or you can spare. Yeah. So there's three different runs. There's the neutral run where you play the game like a normal RPG and if anything if you want to get through like the if you want to get through battles really quick, you can either you get you if you attack a monster and then spare them when they're low health, that will drag you down to the neutral uh, route because you're hurting people and people don't like being hurt. So Yeah. So um, essentially if you kill any monsters or you don't do some extra stuff it's a neutral ending you defeat Asgore you defeat Flowey and you leave the underground you get a call from Sans depending on who you killed there's different people in charge of the underground yeah and another big thing about that is towards the credits I think at the end or at the beginning of the credits Flowey pops up and says next time you should make more friends like next time you need to yeah, like change sorry. some things 
So the pacifist ending is kind of an extension to the original neutral ending where you go back and you essentially, um, you interact with Undyne and Alfie's more, you find out a lot more backstory. Alfie's essentially created Flowey by injecting a buttercup with what's called determination, which is basically what your soul runs off of. Yeah. And uh, basically, if you do the passes route, which is not hurting a single person, trying to figure out their what they like, what they dislike, what like, and basically trying to spare them at, because you became friends with them, and then also um, interacting with characters along the way and becoming more and more friends with them, um, it changes the ending where you have this huge dramatic fight with uh, Flowey, and then you slowly uh, realize that Flowey had become... Uh, Asriel? Asriel, yeah. You... Asriel is Flowey. They're yeah. the same person. They're the same monster. person, yeah. Yeah. So, and in the pacifist ending, you're, bas- you're fa- basically fighting Asriel instead of Flowey. Yeah. And then the third ending you can get, which is by far the most difficult ending to get, is called... And the... also very, like, the horrible one. <laughs> it's called the genocide ending. Essentially, you kill everything in the underground. And you, and you try to be the most worst person ever. You try to be the worst person ever. Yeah, so essentially, like, you literally have to stay in certain areas to make sure you have everybody down because there's yeah. a countdown eventually once you start a genocide ending. Yeah, and then and then with that, every more of the, more, more of the main characters, like, you become friends with uh, along the different, uh, the other two routes, you have, they, their battles are extremely more difficult and you have to... You have to really try to, uh, your luck against yeah. them. So if you've been kind of paying attention, you'll notice that I mentioned that each character, major character that you interact with, has a boss battle. Except for Sans in the neutral and pacifist run. He doesn't, he doesn't fight you. He doesn't want to. Yeah. Unless you do a genocide route. Once you get to an area called the Judgment Hall... He basically judges you based on your actions, and if you're doing a genocide run, he, you enter a boss battle with him, and it is by far the most difficult boss battle I have ever seen. Yeah, it's it's he pulls out a lot of the stops, and unlike a lot of the monsters, he can dodge. Yeah, that's another thing about Sans is he's able to dodge your attacks. No other monster can yeah. dodge you. Not even the king. Not even no, no one. No one, and he dodges every single attack. Mm-hmm. So. Essentially, you have to exhaust his dialogue, but also yeah. you can't lose any health because you don't have time to heal. Yeah. And it is... Oh, jeez. It's like 15 minutes long. And with that, to even... To, to tease the characters and to... Or tease the, or tease the player and really get you to go keep going, which is another... It's a lovely, like, uh, addition to kind of, like, make character Or make player, uh, players just keep on going. Like, I have to do this. He has one health. He has, yep, he does have one <laughs> HP, which makes things even more interesting, as once you finally hit him at the very end, um, obviously he goes down very hard. Yeah. Because you your damage the damage you do is so high at that point, and he is basically the last monster to kill besides the king, and you one shot the king. Yeah, and then and then Flowey comes up. He's like, please don't hurt me. I tried to do the best, and you. You exterminate him without giving him a second chance. He's a yeah. Rad the game at this point, the game starts acting without player, like without the player doing anything. Yeah, and then you slowly start to realize that um, the the human that died in the original like 
with Azriel. Yeah, Azriel was her. Uh, their name was Chara, and she, she, he, they took control and basically start started act. They started using you as a vessel to keep going with their terrible deeds. So they explained to you essentially like, how about we erase this world and let's go on to the next. Yeah. And no matter what you do, world's deleted and you start over. Yeah, and the like the whole game change shifts shifts like theme and like uh, tone. Yeah, like, it's like a whiplash. Like then like the, the game shuts itself down. The game like like you, black screen. Like you only see dialogue and like what and whatnot. Like once you delete the world, the world is gone. Like the game even closes down. You have mm-hmm. to open up the game. The game's like. Yeah, there's nothing here. Why are you why are you coming back here? Why are here? you back here? Yeah. And so if you do a if you restart the game at all in a run, it knows. Yeah. Especially Sans, who will comment about like No, Papyrus says that he's seen you before. Yeah. Sans tells you like don't do don't kill anyone again. Don't so, touch Papyrus. Yes. Don't Sans Sans acknowledges that you've been doing this before. Like he mm-hmm. knows. Flowey is kind of iffy. He understands that there's multiple runs for things, but he does. But he doesn't understand when the run is happening and, and whatnot. Like he, he picks up that you're doing something. Like you, you know more than he. He's like, wait, what? How did you do that? And then you do that. And like you said, Papyrus acknowledges, like, hey, haven't I seen you before? Yeah, and it's really interesting how the game kind of brings the, this back. Yeah, it's it's a very huge meta play and like the game is like the game really picks up on how you play, how you do choices and whatnot. And that's it's really interesting to see that at, for a game. Yeah. Uh, in early in like two, uh, 2015 which was just bogged down by copies of other games like yeah and had, it gained such a huge fan base at the yeah. time i remember like this was when around the time five nights at freddy's first came out and there was like a debate on which game was better yeah and then there was also like that whole like the news recovering it like kind of like can can an average normal person make a blockbuster hit like these big companies they're like they're like really milking the whole indie game uh phenomena yeah so on that note, we are done for the day. Yeah, uh, yep. we uh, we we hope this was very informational about like Undertale and whatnot. It's we, a very interesting game. Yeah. It's ten dollars on Steam, not sponsored, <laughs> and it's just a really good play. And there's a lot of things that we didn't cover because just time. It, there's so much there's in so this much game. to cover. There's like minor characters that is that they're they're really fleshed out to the point where like. You could just be. You can make him a main character if you really wanted. If you wanted really to. wanted to, but uh, we will see you guys next week. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, our topic for next week is good. Yep. Bye. Bye.